Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What it do, it's the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. We're back at it again with content that nobody asked for. Today, I got to talk to my buddy, Jaron Myers. Jaron is a full-time comedian, all-around funny guy, but also had some really interesting insights into the Preachers and Sneakers conversation and also cracked some amazing jokes. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jaron Myers. Big shout out to the homie Words Played for the intro music. If you haven't checked them out on all the music platforms, look him up, Words Played, one word, and also follow him on Instagram at Words Played. He was super generous to let me use his music, so check him out, give him a follow. Okay, here's my conversation with Jaron Myers. Jaron Myers, with me on the Preachers and Sneakers podcast, you're a comedian full-time in Mm -hmm. the... Can, I mean, can we say in the Christian church niche? How do you like <laughs> yeah, to categorize the, yourself as a comedian? So I, I mean, I, I do the whole switch foot thing. <laughs> where I'm like, <laughs> you know, where I'm like, yeah, I'm a comedian. And I'm also a Christian. Right. You know? I'm not um, a Christian comedian. No, I, I you know, and I, I'm intentionally not, uh, honestly. So like, I really do try to avoid a lot of like churchy topics. Like, I don't have a bunch of homeschool jokes or VeggieTales jokes or, like, oh, this is in the baptismary jokes, you know, like that. Um, Which, there is a spot for those comics. I think that Tim Hawkins is one of my favorite, uh, and he's very talented. And he's, like, really figured out that niche. He's the dude that did um, stuff Christians like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff that, like, he did, like, the hand-raised motions of, like, you know, the touchdown rocky right kind of and then everyone uh, everyone copied him on right the line. yeah 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 for sure for sure pastors use his jokes all the time yeah i think yeah. and and there is a place for that for sure um i just don't think it's my place and so uh what i do what my hope is is that my show is a place that is you know i'm trying to make my brother laugh who just graduated high school and also my grandma laugh who mm-hmm. is 80 something that sounds terrible. Like I, she's eighty four. Like I know how old she is. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> like it sounded like I didn't know how old my grandma was. That's all right. Um, yeah, but like my so my goal is to make a show 
that is accessible, um, not just to the believer. Because I think that with Christian comedy, a lot of churches want to do a comedy night as a like outreach event. Mm-hmm. And so they'll bring in a comedian. But if the if I'm doing just Christian jokes, if I'm doing inside lingo, then that friend that you invited, that opportunity that we just had to like, hey, there's a comedian coming to my church. It's not the, you know, we're not going to do the worship team and the normal speaker like always. Like this is a different kind of thing. Would you please come with me? Mm-hmm. You know, you bring a non-Christian friend to that event and then the comedian on stage starts telling VeggieTales jokes and inside lingo, then that person feels even more like an outsider. Yeah. And so my hope is that I can um, create opportunities that it's like, hey, we can start a conversation. And then when I leave, you can continue that conversation. So interesting. I say all that. I'm very intentional about that language for sure. Does that I mean, that's got to take extra effort because one, you've got to think up things that are funny, but then also cater them to a whole spectrum of people. How do you I mean, what does your workflow look like for that? I mean, that's it's hard enough just to be a comedian. I mean, I think that. I, well, first of all, I hope it doesn't sound arrogant to say that, but I think I'm creative enough for that. Um, okay. And and I enjoy the, the – you know, it's not super challenging to stay clean because, like, I don't cuss in my normal life. Like, I right. – you know, I don't do drugs. I don't do this stuff. And so, um, so that's just not part of my life. So I don't have, like – first of all, I don't have those experiences to draw from. You know, but also it's just kind of like that's not my sense of humor because I don't know that culture. Um, so the culture that I do know is is uh, Midwest white people, <laughs> and yeah. um, and dude, I crush it with the college girls. That's my like. That's my dude. I did a show in Tulsa, not to be like, oh, girls are after me. That's not what I meant at all. I just realized how that sounded. Hey, I just mean on. like. Like, dude, like the majority of my followers, like probably 75% are females um, because that's just who I relate to, apparently. Like, that's like I post stuff and they're like, oh, that's relatable. Um, Like, I did a show in Tulsa and there was literally one guy there. The room was full, but one other male Humble brag. No, 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 no. Crushing the game, Jaron Myers. No, no, please, please don't do that. Please do not. Oh, my gosh. That is not at all. Man, people can't, we're like, people can't see me right now, but I'm sweating. I'm like, I'm like. He is visibly pouring out at this point. Visibly uncomfortable. Look, it's okay if you're killing it with the ladies, man. No. Oh my gosh. Let's shut this interview down. (laughs) No, I just meant like, um, I, the, the culture that I know is like, dude, I shop at old Navy. I hit up target like once a week. Um, and like, I'm just in, I'm a, I'm a white girl stuck in this, um, six, three sweaty body. You know, (laughs) my, my, my ethical fashion followers are going to come after you for shopping at old Navy. Dude, I don't care. <laughs> Bro, have you seen their summer deals? You think I care? You get like 92 shirts for eight cents. For real, dude. People are like, oh, you shop at Old Yeah, I do shop at Old Navy. Get me a gift card for Christmas. I'm out here trying to pay these bills, my man. Dude, it's not even that. Like, literally, if I made, if someone gave me a million dollars next year, I would spend a good portion of that at Old Navy. Like, I would still, <laughs> like, I wouldn't. Yeah, this is not who I am. I bet you could I'm buy like, an Old Navy for a million dollars. Dude, first of all, how about you quit with this talking crap about Old Navy? They're worth way more than a million dollars. 
But like these forty dollar pants are gonna last me two years. So I don't. People can say what they want. Is what I'm saying. That's pretty strong. Yeah. So uh, you. How long have you been doing this? The whole full time comedy thing. Because this is a yeah. Like thinking back, like it's this is a terrifying career to me. Like it, the the idea of being like Kevin Hart level and crushing it sounds really awesome. But yeah. to get there, you have to put yourself in the most terrifying position to like 90% of the country, get up yeah. there in a completely quiet room and make a room of strangers laugh. Like how'd yeah. you get into that? And then how did you find a niche where you were successful? Or maybe you already said that, but how did you find that you could be successful? No, you know, I think that it's something that I started in 2014. So that is five and a half years ago now. Um, and I had flunked out of college, which I went to a Christian college, so you don't really flunk out of Christian college. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of sit you down and they go, So you like, think hey, your strengths you would be a- better elsewhere? No, they say you should take a semester and see what God has for you. Oh, That's there it like is. The words. And you go, <laughs> you're like, like oh, up. cool. Yeah, it kind of is. It's kind of, it's not, you know, like God told us to like get you out of our school. Uh, <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> like we prayed about it and this is, your GPA is not good. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so I flunked out of college. I was working at Subway. and uh, Oh, so you're an artist. Dude, I'm a sandwich artist, certified, man. <laughs> and uh, and so I was doing that, and I had written, like, these funny songs before. And so, like, my friends just told their churches, like, hey, Jaron, you know, is a worship leader. He'll come do, you know, worship at your church. Or, or he also wrote these funny songs he did for a talent show at our college. And so this church called me, you know, like a month after I'd flunked out of college, and they said, hey, we have a Valentine's banquet coming up. Would you come do their funny songs? And I was like, um, sure, I guess. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I mean, I drove up to Kansas City, and they got me a hotel room. They took me out to dinner, uh, and I performed for like 100 people. I just did my songs. I had four songs, you know? <laughs> How did you, how did you feel the time? Like, was that a natural? I didn't, I mean, it was like, you know, I had like a 20 minute, like four songs. And so I just went up and just was like, I I have a song called I found my girl on Craigslist. Um, (laughs) Another one about how my girlfriend's a Sasquatch. Uh, Yeah. It's called the one that got away. (laughs) So, you know, so it was just like silly, kind of cheesy, dumb stuff that I was just messing around and, I did it, and those people enjoyed it. You know, they were eating dinner; they didn't care. It was just entertainment for right. them. Right, and uh, you know, and and then uh, a few weeks later, a youth pastor called me and was like, "Hey, you know, my buddy in Kansas City said you just did his Valentine's banquet. Uh, would you come do those songs for our youth group for like this lock-in we're having?" And I was like, "Ah, sure." For and, those uh, that for they, those that are listening that don't know what a lock in is, it's basically youth, <laughs> youth speak for staying up all night in a gymnasium, drinking Dr Pepper, playing Foursquare and Settlers yeah. of Catan or whatever the kids play now. And yeah, you well, were part of the act. I mean, of that. mine is more we sat in a circle and prayed together and read our Bibles and oh wow. You know, no, we didn't do that. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. No. Uh, mildly insane. Yeah. It was a 12-hour fasting and prayer overnight, you know? Um, <laughs> no, the lock-in was definitely, like, that was questionable decisions. Yeah, it was. That's very interesting how that was a whole cultural thing. Like, hey, show up yeah. and your kids will play Halo for 12 straight hours and drink nothing but caffeine and candy. Yeah, and parents were like, good. Good. No wow. Like, Free night out. Them off. Yeah, it was interesting. 
So, uh, yeah, so I started doing youth groups, and they just kept kind of telling other people, and then I made a website and, like, kind of committed to it a little bit. Um, and then the fall came, and it was time to enroll in classes again and go back, you know, because my semester off was over. And I was looking at my calendar, and it was like, man, I have to make a decision. Like, I either got to go back to school or I got to keep doing these shows, you know? And I was making 50 bucks a show. You know, I was not paying my bills. Um, but I was also living with my parents for a little bit. And then I moved into an apartment that I shared with like four other guys. So rent was like 200 a month. Amazing. You know? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. That early 20 life is great. Um, you just share a room with somebody. <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's fine. Yeah. 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 Like you're always like, whatever. Who cares? Everything's dirty um, all the time. And you just live all in that the constant time. state of filth. Yeah, dude. You're doing that sniff test where you see a shirt on the floor and you pick it up and you smell it. And you're like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I know I wore this three days ago, but it doesn't smell yet. So that's <laughs> yeah. fine. Um, yeah, I can't believe I was single at that time. And so, yeah, uh, same. not sure, not sure why. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, so I, you know, I didn't have a lot of, a lot of responsibility as far as like financial stuff and, you know, um, so I was able to take a few more risks and then I just bought a van, like this sketchy Econoline van oh. and, and like committed to it. Like hardcore was like, wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this a thing. You know, it suddenly was like. There was a few events where I did a homeless church in Texas one time. And uh, afterward, a woman came up to me and she said, hey, you know, I haven't laughed in probably a month and I really need it tonight. Dang. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is it. I was like, this is all I want to do forever. This is it. Wow. So um, I had a few moments like that where it just kind of became like, this is this seems like what I'm designed to do. So. Um, I just, I, you know, I put on the website that I'll, I'll come to your church. I'll do whatever. And I was uh, emailing churches out of nowhere and being like, Hey, I'm, I'm Jaren and you don't know me, but I would love to come talk to your students. And, you know, I drove out to Pueblo, Colorado one time, uh, from Kansas city, uh, from, I was living down in Springfield, Missouri at the time. That's a, okay. Well, it's a 12 hour drive and, uh, drove all the way out to Pueblo, Colorado and performed for six students. Oh my gosh. So I drove all the way out there, and I got paid in burritos. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> and then I slept on the youth pastor's couch that night. You know, him and his wife had a newborn kid. And, uh, you know, that was the life for a few years. For, and you, and you, well, just, thought, really. you just thought you were going to be paying, like, hey, I'm paying my dues. I'm going to take this gig because I'll take any gig. Possibly. No, dude. I was just, I was literally like, dude, I'm saying yes to opportunity. Like, it was never like a... I'm going to get rich and be famous one day. That's never been my goal. Even now, it's not my goal, you know? Mm -hmm. My thing has just been like, I'm saying yes to opportunities. Like, this is fun. Let's keep doing this, you know? Yeah. And uh, most of my yeah. friends were still in college, you know? So I didn't really need to make life decisions yet. <laughs> and so um, I was kind of doing the, the thing where I was like, I'm 20 years old. Um, I have no responsibilities. I, you know, I, if, if this all fails, I can still move into my parents' basement. Um, and it, this is fun. This is what God's called me to do. So I'm going to keep doing it. And you know, that first year, my highest paying gig was like 200 bucks. And I thought I hit the jackpot. I was like, this wow. is great, you know? <laughs> um, and so now it's progressed. It progressed fairly quickly. Um, but there was, you know, a solid three and a half years of me doing this, um, booking yourself, around all traveling around. yourself. Yep. Yeah, and then something finally hit with the Chick-fil-A rap. And yeah. so 
Um, yeah, so that Chick-fil-A rap we dropped in November of 2017. So that's 2017. I started the beginning of 2014. So this is almost four years into what I'm doing. Um, wow. And I had been full-time at the end of 2016 is when I really became full-time comedy. Do you still have the van? Uh, dude, I wish. I had to, it was, it was starting to make weird noises and I had to sell it. <laughs> what did but it cost I to fill that tell, up? Oh, it was like 75 bucks to fill up the tank. <laughs> and wow. So, uh, yeah. And so it was, uh, that was a, that was a thing, dude. But I think it was like, it was a, it was a, it was a tank, man. There was no, like I hit a wild boar one time in that thing oh my God. <laughs> uh, on road in Texas. And so, and it didn't dent it at all. No damage. Um, so yeah, you know, and 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 I was really blessed because I got to be friends with a lot of other Christian comedians, people who had been doing it longer and had more insight. And so I learned from some of the best people and uh, became close with and kind of came up with some other people. And um, that Chick Fil A rap happened, and it kind of put me on the map for a, a bunch of people. And then I think honestly, social media is one of my strengths. Like I'm pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I capitalize on that pretty well, um, and have just steadily grown my audience ever since. And, That's awesome. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why man. it just cut out. Sorry. I didn't mean to leave you in awkward silence. I think no, that's something okay. with my internet. Uh, so tell me more about the Chick-fil-A rap because that's, that's when I started following you. I'd never heard of you before then. And then I saw this random Facebook video pop up, uh, literally, exuding everything i thought about chick-fil-a and which <laughs> maybe i'll get in trouble for saying that because i have a very mixed audience uh that follows my account oh, that's all right but yeah tell me more about what maybe what inspired the chick-fil-a video and maybe some of the the response to that because that clearly you had a viral moment there and then how yeah. you handled all that yeah so um beginning of that year 2017 we had just kind of start started getting into online content i say we because like me and my friends make all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, like, it's never just, like, me doing it on my own. It's been really yeah. fun to, to collaborate with my friends. It's nice to have but, a squad. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's really fun because, like, the same video guy that made the Chick-fil-A rap is the same video guy I use for all of my stuff. So, um, yeah, so, like, we're just, you know, we're riding this wave. He did a but, great job. Um, dude, he's so talented. Zachariah Mayfield, if you... Or listening to this, go check out his YouTube. He does like tutorials on how to make good videos and stuff. He's what's his What's his dope. handle there? Do you know? Zachariah Mayfield. Okay, well that's gonna be a pain to spell. I'll got, text it. You to got you. four H's in there. <laughs> Zachariah. <laughs> Zachariah. Zachariah. Um. So yeah, dude, we th- we thought of that concept in March of 2017, and then I just worked it all year, and I'm like the whitest of white people obviously we already talked about old navy so like uh-huh. the rap that i wrote was really not great uh and so <laughs> then i i have a, a friend who's like a legit rapper uh his name is jonathan joseph you should also look up his stuff but i just i texted him i was like hey man can you help me with this and then i went over to his house and in his like at home studio which is just a spare bedroom in his house we like right. he sat there and we made that beat and then uh, I gave him the lyrics, and he was like, these are bad. And I was like, thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks. And so, Dang, my uh, homie for life. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, you know, this isn't like, he goes, the phrasing is rough. He goes, but I can use these lines 
like if we cut out this word and then you say this word like this, it works. And so he like he helped me take my lyrics and make them fit that beat. And uh, and then we ended up with a really great song. And so then <laughs> then I called the fire department in my hometown. Uh, and this was the part where I was just like, how you know how ridiculous can we make this? Like how I watched the video insane. last night again. Because I knew we were yeah. gonna talk today, and I I didn't notice that the first time. I was like, "This dude has got." Well, I'll let you tell it. Tell it. Yeah, dude. I called like so. I mean, I grew up in a town of five thousand people, um, and I went to high school with the fire marshal's son, which the fire marshal is also the county sheriff, uh, and you know, and it's like one of those small. That sounds about right. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I've had his cell phone number for years, kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Uh, so I just text him and was like, Hey dude, I don't think it's legal for us to set a car on fire. And he was like, yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, can you set a car on fire for us? And he was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> we like, literally dude, have nothing else going on. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about firefighters though, is that they are firefighters because they love fire. <laughs> because like, they're, they're pyros. Like, kind of yeah for real dude so i i was expecting you know we'd show up and there'd be a few guys there like they had like 30 firemen out there um and there's actually a behind the scenes video on zach's uh youtube channel you can go watch but yeah we had like a group of 30 of us like that car i just put on facebook for my friends um like not on my page like on my personal page Mm -hmm. i just posted and was like hey you know we're doing this project i need a car is there anybody who's be willing to sell theirs for super cheap um and a a friend from high school messaged and was like yeah dude we lost the keys to this a few years ago uh and it's just in my backyard like if you can tow it you can have it wow and i was like dope jackpot (laughs) yeah dude so we like went out there we towed this car out to the to where the fire station is and then when i got there dude the fire marshal like i just expected us to set the car on fire and like have the thing but then he was like hey do you want to like loop one of my trucks behind it so you can have a truck in the shot and i was like uh yeah yeah if you want to do that absolutely let's do that and so yeah so then his truck drove down to the end of the road and then they're all on walkie talkies and zach yells action and then the truck comes up sirens blaring and they just drove right and we did that like five or six times you know like me and and that's my brother that i'm carrying in the video oh okay Uh, (laughs) and so we're standing there and dude it is hot to stand next to that car yeah like my like i had like you know like my right arm looked like i had a sunburn the next day because like it it burned my skin and so like we're just standing there so close to it and he's like wincing my brother is like he's like sitting here he's like can we go yet can we go yet can we go yet and this is for no money the entire time no money dude (laughs) we're not making anything from it uh and so and that's the other thing is that i think people equate like millions of views with millions of dollars and it's like dude we're just some idiots that had a camera and some good connections and yeah so we made this video and also my goal was just one million views like I wanted to hit a million and I was like, I think we've done it. Like this video is great. I think we're going to hit a million. And like today when we were recording this podcast, we were over 65 million views on that video, Woo. which is insane, dude. That like blows my mind. Yeah. That's on so, YouTube or is that on Facebook or is that on, across all platforms? So yeah, there's a, so I, that's adding up the views of YouTube, Facebook, but there's also like several other accounts, like a, an account called hood trap. <laughs> <laughs> But like there's that's your demographic for sure. 
Dude, yeah, man. I was like, that's the one I went most viral on because theirs has like 45 million views on it on Facebook. Dang. Yeah. So like their their page was the one that kind of really helped me launch it, you know? Were you able and to so then, were you able to capitalize on the subscriber piece within YouTube or was that not on the top of your mind? Because that's like the that only way you can make freaking money from having a video go right. viral like that. Right, which on fa- on YouTube, I have like the least amount of views, which is pretty great. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I didn't capitalize on YouTube. YouTube wasn't a big thing on my radar in then. So basically, my social media strategy has been focused on one platform at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my platform for Facebook that year, or for, sorry, for 2017 was Facebook. Um, and so... Yeah, so like the video going on Facebook was a huge win for me because at the beginning of the year I had like, you know, 1500 likes on my page or something and I ended the year with 36,000. So I did capitalize there and now we're at 78,000 on my Facebook page. Um and so yeah, that was something I like so then my focus for last year was Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goal was to get over 10,000 on Instagram. And I started the year at like 2,500 and I ended the year at, I think it was 15,000. Nice. Um, and that's a pure organic. Yeah, dude. So I did this thing where I had a feud with Arby's. Were you following me for that? When I did the whole, I hate Arby's thing. I don't think so. Or maybe I wasn't paying so attention. So it was after the Chick-fil-A rap, but I did this whole thing where I was like, dude, I hate Arby's. I was like, I don't understand how they're still in business. It's awful. And then one day I just tweeted. I said, when I get to 10,000 followers on Instagram, I'll eat Arby's. And my Instagram followers were like, oh, yeah, we're going to freaking get this guy. <laughs> and so they just started, like, they literally, like, every day people were putting on their stories. People were sharing my posts, being like, go follow this guy. He's going to have to eat Arby's. And, dude, they pushed me over 10,000. And so... <laughs> Such a minimum <laughs> consequence or such a minimum no, for real, dude. For... And I had to eat some roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> what was the verdict? So, um, it's bad. It's not good. It's, it's like still it. bad. It's still fake. <laughs> it's still wheezy cheese on a roast beef sandwich. Yeah, dude. It's like that nacho cheese they gave you at your high school football stadium. That comes in the pump. Yeah, dude. Oh, <laughs> the pump, dude. Like, why would anybody... Does anybody do that and they go, that's what I want in my mouth that right is like, now? That's like, that's like the sweet tarts of uh, savory oh my food. Gosh. It's like not yeah. food at all. It's like completely nope. fake in every way, shape, and form. Yeah, absolutely, dude. So anyway, so that's how I, you know, I had some social media strategies, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we digress. Um, all right, well, let's. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't me- have any kind of, I didn't have any kind of growth that you've had. <laughs> no and i because how many followers are you at right now i think i have one hundred eighty-two thousand or something yeah that's insane and i had i had zero at the beginning of march yeah i'll we- buy your account <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people offer and they lowball the uh dude yes yeah, out of me <laughs> yeah dude they don't they're not gonna offer they're you like yeah money. i'll give you a uh, 55 bucks for your uh account of 182,000 purely oh, engaged followers dude i was well, gonna give you 50 dollars tops so <laughs> that you should take that deal some days some days i consider taking that deal <laughs> because uh unlike you i've been fully engaged on social media and it has been a detriment some days but yeah it's yeah, been man. it's been crazy to have like uh growth that quick without really without any kind of plan 
Yeah. Like I, I, you know, from your perspective, like you're putting a lot of effort into trying to grow your audience. Right. Because part of my whole strategy is like, okay, I know where we're at. I know where we're trying to get to. And I know what we're going to do when we get there. Yeah. And you were just like, yeah, I just want to make this thing because it's funny to mess with my friends. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I accidentally started this national conversation um, that right. people are listening to. Yeah. It's, uh, did you ask a question you cut out? Sorry. No, no, no. I was saying you accidentally started a national conversation. My freaking internet is crazy. Dude, I'm glad, I'm proud of you for using Frick. For using what? For using Frick Hello? instead of yeah, I'm proud of you for using Frick because that's oh. like a that's a lot of self control you're showing over there. Yeah, I I used to be in the Marines in a in a past life, and uh, I had to really work on my self control after getting out. Yeah. It's a, it's a uh, it's you know in that culture, it's cussing is kind of like every other word. Yeah, dude, uh, I was a Boy Scout, and I get it. <laughs> dude your face was so worth that joke that was so worth it because <laughs> uh, like, you looked at me like you looked to see if i was serious oh <laughs> uh, uh, you never can tell i mean you're a comedian so i can't take anything you say seriously uh um, please don't oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah does that i hope I don't want to humble brag. Like I know it's you're working so hard to grow a deal. And then you're talking to somebody that literally it blew up overnight. Nah, dude, that's awesome for okay. you. Okay. I yeah. Appreciate it. Well, I've made $0 to my name, which is, that's okay. Which is great. Um, which is fine, but it's also, I've had a lot of good opportunities to meet interesting people and yeah. talk to news agencies and stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and you gave a fake name on some of these interviews. Yeah, all of them, pretty much. <laughs> and it's the most white, terrible name ever. I know. Like, I, know, I the so first great. interview I did. Uh, you were like, yeah, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, uh, like, Tyler hey, dude, uh, what's Jones. Your name? <laughs> yeah. What, so what's your name? What can we quote you on? Uh, just put Tanner, please. Can you put? Um... Uh, do you have a, yeah, it's just, it's going to be Chris or Steven or. <laughs> Philip, yeah go with philip but yeah the first philip. interview the first interview i did i said i like this was like two or three weeks in and i had no idea what was happening or how to handle any of it so i was like i yeah. i i'm gonna stay anonymous for the time being and so she was like all right i'll just make up a name for you and then she posted the article and it was tyler jones and i said well <laughs> okay it's like the least endearing name ever so yeah um, so we're here now and I just stuck with it, which I could, I had so many opportunities to like roast my friends by giving them their name, but yeah, I didn't, I really, I really their failed the opportunity. Number. Yeah. I really failed an opportunity there. Um, but so me and you started talking because one, yeah. we both have somewhat comedic posts and I hope you could see some of the humor and the things that I was doing. Dude, I think I posted something. I think I posted something maybe like a week after you created this account. Because it came to my attention when you had, maybe not a week, it came to my attention when you had, like, 25,000 followers. Uh, Say that did again. Did you see my post? Well, when you had, like, 25,000 followers, I posted something about it. Did you see my post about it? I don't I don't think so. Or maybe I did, but it's all dumped well, in my head. Well, I made a big deal in December, like around Christmas time, about these, my favorite shoes are these Walmart shoes that I wear. 
Uh-huh. Like they're the most comfortable shoes I've ever found in my life. Are they the they Velcros? Cost... No, dude. They've got that like elastic band though around the ankle. Okay. <laughs> dude, they're they like so, they're like, like swimming shoes. No, they're no. I mean, like they're breathable, dude. They're at like they're labeled as running shoes. I don't know. They were eighteen dollars. Oh my gosh. Um, and they were on clearance for eleven. Dang. So gotta have coops, they, baby. They stopped selling them at Walmart. So I made a big deal on social media where I messaged my like I put out to my followers. I was like, hey, can you go to your local Walmart and find these shoes for me? And so a bunch of my followers did, and I ended up with like four pairs of these shoes. Nice. Um, because my followers bought me these shoes. And so whenever your account came up, I posted a picture of me in my $11 shoes next to the Walmart screen grab. And I was like, what if I told you these were a gift? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, so that was my first like interaction with your page. And I was like, this is, this is pretty funny. Oh, thanks. That's great affirmation for me. <laughs> coming from an actual comedian. Hey, yo, what up? This episode of the Preachers and Seekers podcast is brought to you by Rejuvenator Shoe Care. If you're like me and only have a few pairs of kicks, you got to be keeping those fresh at all times. My favorite pair of sneaks are my triple-wide Ultra Boost, and they're an absolute dirt magnet. But Rejuvenator provides everything I could possibly need to keep those kicks mega clean and at a reasonable price. All my listeners can get 10% off their whole order by using the code PREACHERS at checkout. So check them out at Rejuvenator.com and be sure to use the code PREACHERS for 10% off. Uh, a lot of people take it way too seriously, which is unfortunate. But yeah. uh, what are your? I know you probably have some serious and some humorous thoughts about it. But tell me what your thoughts are on the discussion about celebrity pastors and also this what to do with all of the overpriced kicks. Yeah, humorous thoughts are more of like, dude, who like pastors or not? Who? <laughs> Like, I don't care. Like, we could sit here and go, oh, preachers and sneakers. But who, like, why are sneakers this expensive? Like, why, like, there's a whole culture around it, which apparently you know about, you're involved in. Yeah. But, like, I literally did not know it was, like, a thing until your account. Because mm-hmm. apparently, because obviously, again, I will reiterate that I am an old Navy boy. <laughs> um, Tried and true. Right, 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 right. <laughs> These colors don't and run. so... No, they do not. That's why I'm overweight. And so, <laughs> um, so I mean, for real, though, like, I'm sitting here looking at some of these prices and I go, okay, like pastor or not, who is paying this amount for this shoe? Like who's doing this? So um, that was a shock to me mm-hmm. just in general. Um, and I had never, you know, I have like kind of poked fun with amongst my friends about the way that pastors dress. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it, I mean, it does look like they just got someone grabbed them by their feet and swung them around forever 21 and then was like, there you go. Um, it, it, you know, it almost looked like, uh, yeah, like, an, like what I would dress my emoji, like if I was making fun of myself. So <laughs> like, that's the kind of stuff where I, we've always made fun of them for that. Especially like, dude, I love Judah Smith. Like I'm a huge Judah Smith fan. Yeah. Um, and I Seems love like a classy books, guy. I think, You know, and I think that Jesus is gave me a lot of language that um, I didn't have before to like kind of 
make the gospel more simple for my life. I definitely mm. overcomplicated it. So, like, I'm a huge Judah fan, but I definitely made fun of that guy's glasses for a long time. <laughs> and so... It's an epidemic. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. But I didn't realize, I literally had never looked up how much some of these clothes cost. Yeah. So, um, so to me, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, fashion, whatever, I get it. Um, but also, I'm sitting here going like, okay, what? Oof, really? That's, oh, you know, I was shocked by that, not just because pastors were wearing it, because I'm going, people wear this? Like, dude, if I if I had pants that cost, like, dude, I've been in weddings, right? And you have to, like, buy the whole suit and mm-hmm. do the whole thing. And there's some weddings where I've had to buy clothes that cost like you know four hundred dollars yeah. for the the pants and the and the jacket and i keep those in a plastic bag in my closet because i want to make sure nothing happens to them because they're four hundred dollars yeah you know and that to me i was like those are my fancy clothes <laughs> you know i'm gonna wear like hopefully if i still fit in them i'm gonna wear them at my first child's baptism you know <laughs> yeah. uh, i have seven i, I have them. seven different gray suits from all those different weddings none yeah, of which i can dude. fit in each oh, each one yeah, was a different see. stage in my life and so i have a closet full of <laughs> stupid suits that i can't fit in they make me feel terrible about myself they're just taunting you yeah yeah it's like oh yeah well, you, yeah you real, used like, to be this small <laughs> but like those the, you know the, those expensive clothes to me those are expensive and i like i'm like okay i would never i would never wear those pants out in public no way um but to see that that's how much some of these fashion pieces cost doesn't just shock me because pastors are wearing it it just shocks right. me because well whoa people are i didn't realize that yeah you know it's insane so from that perspective just the prices uh, like isolated themselves are insane sure absolutely yeah whether you know, it be retail then, or resale people that are paying it's just the 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 number the commas that are associated with some of these clothes is beyond me i don't yeah i don't i don't get it especially you know because i'm i am doing those 40 percent off deals at uh kohl's yeah. I'm dude. I love dude. I'm like I'll make it rain. Cole's cash. Shouts, so, shouts out to Cole's. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. So like I'm, you know, that's just not my world. Yeah. So your account introduced me to that world, um, and that was where I started researching it kind of a little bit. But yeah, so for me, the initial shock wasn't even oh pastors are doing this. The initial shock was anybody is doing that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, I think that there does like a uh, there's a. Uh, a thing with brands and materialism that's pretty rampant in our culture right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like cars, like, dude, I drive a Honda Civic, you know? Um, and I think that, again, even if someone gave me a million dollars tomorrow, like, I'm not getting a fancy car. Now, okay, hold on. I probably would buy a Tesla, but that's for different reasons. Mm. Um, that's because it's got features that my Honda Civic doesn't, you know? <laughs> and so. Because it drives but, itself. Yeah, that's like a that's an investment on my own energy and time. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, you know, and again, that's something that I'm sitting here saying, you know, um, if I had that money, you know, which I don't, so I can't speak for what I would do. Right. Which um, I think is a really big temptation as as we get into the conversation is it's a really big temptation to go, well, if I had those resources, then I would do this. But you don't, so you're not making that decision. Right, yeah. And that's so, the tough part about 
making any kind of commentary on how other people are spending their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an incredibly slippery slope, as I've learned. Yeah. I, oh, absolutely. For sure. So, what do you think? And so, I, like, you appreciated. Go ahead. That even your account, you haven't really, from what I've seen anyway, the one the posts I've seen, the comments aren't, or your captions aren't meant to like drag the pastor like you're not sitting here going like this is ridiculous that this person's doing it you're honestly i really enjoy it i think it's a funny thing of comedy because it really is just kind of pointing at something yeah and, and it's letting... it's it's tough because i am doing that on purpose but right. the the comments are assigned to me as my account and so and the people's perception right. of the account so like some of the news media would be like so and so created this account to call out pastors and shame pastors right. for what they're wearing. And it's really not what I ever intended to do. But now I'm in and this it's place. it's not your intention. It's, but it's are really not. Into it. Yeah, but people yeah. are assigning their own morals to it. So uh, having sure. to battle that and, like, struggling with it, because obviously I don't want to be associated with the negative part, but I'm very well aware that people are using this as, as yeah. fodder for something. So it's been a very complex deal to deal with. And I, what I will say in full sure. transparency it's like whenever I was just making that account for my friends, it was like, this seems ridiculous. Why would anyone ever wear $2,000 shoes preaching? Yeah. But very quickly, I, I realized there was a lot more complexities to it and, you know, yeah. changed the captions and stuff. Like some of the captions I originally that I did probably more did, snarky. Yeah, didn't have the best heart behind them, but I repented of that and changed all of them and have since changed directions. But nobody cares about that. People want to, people want to find a way to make me into a, a snarky person calling out pastors and you know, which is fine. Yeah. They always want to do that. Yeah, for sure. So like, do you have any thoughts about, uh, if there's like, what do we do from your perspective? What do we do with, with this? Like, is it not worth talking about at all? Or is it something that pastors should be aware about? Or is it, should we not be holding their, their purchasing decisions in any other regard other than another believer like what do you think so it's very obvious that people outside of the church are perceiving that the church itself the big c church um is irresponsible with money and they're perceiving that because there are um televangelists who are manipulating people for their money um there are these churches that are taking in big offerings and spending a huge portion of that on their own facilities. Um, there are pastors of even smaller churches who are making six figure salaries and the offering is, is not anywhere near a level that should, could support that kind of percentage. Hmm. So, um, and I think I have a unique perspective because I do have a podcast called They Don't Bite. Have you listened to that before? Uh, I listened to one, um, that one and the other one that you do. Yeah, I've got, I've got a, a funny podcast, which is very lighthearted. It's with my best friend. It's called Things I Learned Last Night. Yes, um, incredibly funny. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one, I compare it a lot to drunk history. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like, you know, my best friend is teaching us something that you know, from the internet, like uh, we have a video or we have a, an episode about Blockbuster video. We have one about Bob Ross. Um, and it's just me and him goofing around. It's very fun. Yeah. Um, but the one that I've enjoyed a lot, like Tillin is one of my favorite podcasts. I really, really love that a lot. The thing I've enjoyed probably most about my life in the past year has been my, my other podcast called They Don't Bite, where I interview my non-believing friends about their experience with Christians. 
Um, and so the perspective I'm getting, and a lot of these, a lot of my friends have shared that specific belief is that they go, okay, so this organization exists to feed the poor and to, uh, like you're giving your money to an organization that's supposed to help the community. But all I'm seeing is a big massive cross out front of this immaculate building that's very well landscaped. And if you want me to look at their online service, like they've got stage production that's tens of thousands of dollars. And it's like the perspective, the the optics there is that from their perspective, the church isn't making the difference in the community that they're promising, Hmm. you know? And so we can't, at least in my area, I live in Missouri. Um, I specifically live in Kansas city. I grew up down in Springfield, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, Bible belt. And um, the perspective is that these churches are, wanting you to give, give, give so they can line their own pockets. Right. And um, whether that's true or not, that is a pretty overwhelming majority of my friends that don't go to church. That is their perspective. That is their thought. And so to, I think even unintentionally, the, um, the sneaker conversation fuels that, hmm. you know, um, where they look at that and they go, well, yeah, I knew those pastors were taking too much money. I knew those pastors were spending their money irresponsibly. And, and what's unfortunate is that there are definitely people who are struggling to make rent, struggling to just make the next bill um, that are having their car taken away that are then going to a church or watching an online service and just just desperate for any kind of hope. And then they're seeing the person who is saying, hey, give your money because we're making a difference. Give your money because we're, we're changing lives. Give your money because we're doing this. And they're seeing that person at the same time wearing shoes that is worth 10 months of their rent. Yeah. So whether that's the intention of the person on the platform or not, I think we have to become more aware of what is being perceived. Um, And not that we should live for the expectations of other people, but to just deny that and go, yeah, my decisions are my decisions. I don't care what it looks like. uh, I feel like it's irresponsible. Yeah. You know, anybody, anybody can live for their own desires. Anybody can, can live and, and spend their money however they want. But I feel like we are called as Christians to live intentionally. And part of that is if this is a growing problem, one, it needs to be addressed. The people in my community need to know that the money that's coming into our church is going out. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, if a money, if, if, a, if a church is bringing in money and they're just holding on to it, then they become this bank. You know, they're putting fountains out front and immaculate sculptures and a, a big mural of their pastor on the wall. They're just this thing that's spending money on itself. And that's not that's not good for the, the community. That's not good for the heart of what they're trying to do. If a money, if, if a money, if a church is bringing in uh, money, but they're spending more than they're bringing in, then they become a burden. Mm hmm. Right. So they're constantly telling the congregation, like, we need this, like, we need you to step up, like, we need you to give this because we've overpromised and we're, we're not being responsible with these finances. 
But when when the money is coming in and going out um, to staff salaries in a responsible way and to the community, then that group is able to become a blessing to other people. And so that's a message that my my pastor gave last year before this conversation even started. Um, that I I just thought like, it's it's resonated with me. You know, um, if if I am looking at my finances as a blessing from God. And then whenever I get it and I just hoard it or I spend it selfishly on myself, um, then I'm not, then I'm not in a position to be a blessing to anybody around me. Yeah. Um, and I think that that we just need to be more aware of that. Yeah. Um, and maybe the church needs to be more transparent with what they're doing of, like, I don't need to know the specifics of how much my pastor makes, but I would like to know the specifics of of what the church's money is doing in the community. Yeah. I would, I would love to know how much we're giving to the school. I would love to know how much uh, the event that we pulled off that helped single moms, how much that cost. Yeah. Um, Do you find, though, that it's... Uh, I guess the response that some of these guys have said is basically like, look you don't know how much money I've given or we've given away. I've given away millions of dollars a year. Um, do you think that, like, what do you think about that? So if they have a thousand dollar pair of shoes, but they gave away $15 million last year. I mean, that's, that's a very extreme example, but I I'm pretty confident sure. that some of these pastors have are constantly giving money away, but they're still pretty cool. Yeah. If we're in $900 shoes. What do you sure. think about that? So I think that the overall uh, outrage um, is that there's a misunderstanding that maybe these outfits or these shoes are coming from the offering, like mm-hmm. coming from the money of the church, the salary that that, that, that pastor is being paid. What's actually happening, and this is a, is a much deeper issue and maybe, maybe not a problem, maybe it is, I don't know, um, is that there's a circle of pastors who, whenever one of them writes a book, they all promote that book, and then another one writes a book, and they all promote that. And there's this, this, this little there's this little society happening where they all just push each other's stuff, and then those book sales and the books are good. Like just like I said earlier, like I my life was enhanced because of Judah Smith's writing. Yeah. Um, so they're making a, a bunch of money from a book advance or from uh, some of these royalties. And then on top of that, like speaking engagements, you know, if you're speaking to a crowd of 3000 people, like I hope that you'd be compensated for that. Yeah. You know, um, the same way, like, I, especially as a person who is a speaker who I do events um, and we have a, a rate that if you had told me what I'm being paid for an event now, five years ago, I'd have been like, okay, you know, <laughs> but now like, and and it's, and I'm not saying I get paid a ton. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that, like, it is not fifty dollars anymore, right? You know, and so, um, so I have a perspective of being a part of these big events that does take quite a bit of energy and time to pull off. Um, I do think they deserve to be compensated for that. I think that the pastor's contribution to the community. That is that's the that's the the tough part of the conversation. Let's say that pastor, and this is obviously no real example, but let's say he made ten thousand dollars this month, right? And he gave eight thousand of it away, right? So he gave eighty percent of it away. Then 
are we still going to complain about the other 2000 that he has, you know? So I, I think that, um, to be a little more direct with it, there's, there's a few, a few issues that I think some people are assuming is happening. And in some cases probably are happening, but aren't happening all the time. So, so to walk through them, one, uh, there's people who think that these guys are using church funds to buy shoes, right? So let's walk through that scenario. One, when you give your money to a church, it's no longer your responsibility. It is no longer your, uh, your responsibility to steward that money well. Because if I, if I make $10 and I give my tithe to the church, then my responsibility has already been taken care of. Right. Uh, with my relationship with God and my, you know, my responsibility to that $10 has been taken care of. So now that money is in the church's hands and it is their responsibility to steward that well. And if they don't, then the consequences aren't mine. It's theirs. Right. Yep. So, um, so let's say they are using the church money um, and you find that out. And I think it's just kind of up to you to go, do I think that we should be allocating the funds of this group of people uh, to honor our pastor in that specific way? And if not, then maybe you find a different church. You know, um, but that's also assuming that that's happening and maybe that's not the case at all. Again, that's what I'm saying. I think the church should be a little more transparent with where those monies are going. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that's what I enjoyed about when I was on staff at a church, we had a, a, you know, a finance meeting where I got to look at the actual numbers and I was like, okay, I see what's happening here. Um, so that's one assumption that's happening. The other thing that could be happening is if these brands are giving free clothes to these pastors um, because they know that these pastors are going to be seen by 20,000 people that weekend, right? Yeah. The yeah. problem I have with that is that it then turns the platform into a commercial. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't think that that's appropriate just personally, like personally, mm -hmm. if someone, if a brand, even if old Navy who I love, um, even, even if they were like, Hey, you know, we want to give you these clothes, um, to, to use on stage. And we're hoping that, that boosts our sales. I would be like, well, that kind of changes the purpose of what I'm doing on stage. And I would just right. happily pay for these clothes. Cause that's a personal conviction of mine. Um, so that feels, that feels kind of slimy to me. I like just me personally, like mm -hmm. I, w I wouldn't like that. And, um, and I think that in some cases that may be what's happening, but that's also another assumption, you know? Yeah. Um, but the other, th the other thing, so we've got, you know, we are giving your money to the church. Now it's the church's responsibility. We've got, are these brands using the church platform as an advertisement? And then the other thing, um, sorry, I'm swatting a fly. Uh, <laughs> the other thing that, that I'm considering in this conversation is like so are we suggesting that we cap pastor salaries you right. know like what is an acceptable amount for that profession to make and why has that become there it, there's an expectation for churches to be the most giving and like you almost have to be like this poor pastor to make a difference and i don't like think the that poverty that's gospel accurate yeah, you know, that becomes a different kind of thing of like, you know, I want this guy to be driving the crappy car. I want him to roll up and the hood be clinking and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. 
you know, and then and then people use there's dude, there's so many scripture we can bend to make it say that too. We can, there's so much scripture we can bend to make it say anything we want, you know. People yeah. who think that pastors should be honored and should be given like these crazy gifts and like gold necklaces and you know, someone like all this stuff um would definitely go, um, oh well, look at the woman who poured oils on Jesus' feet, you know. Um, and then mm-hmm. other people who are like, art. yeah, Pat. Right, right, right. And then other people would go, well, look at the, you know, pastors should be wearing, you know, just normal. They should buy an eight pack of T-shirts from Walmart and they should be slumming it. You know, they should be giving 90 percent of their their money away because they're just so giving. Um, They're look, you know, they're looking at the verse in Matthew that says the son of man has no place to lay his head. You know, so there's you know, there's easy ways to just manipulate scripture to do those things. And so. I think that it it really is a question of what am I doing personally with my finances? Mm-hmm. Um, am I giving to my church body? Um, do I trust my leadership? Do yeah. I trust that they are going to steward this well? And if I don't, then that's something I need to bring up to my leadership. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the conversation you've started, I hope, I hope has started conversations with those pastors on their own teams and in their own communities of, hey, like, I know that that's not what's happening. I know that you did get those shoes as a gift. I know that that is what happened. But also, I just want you to be aware of what it looks like. Yeah. You know? I hope so, and too. I, I hope that I hope they do. I haven't really heard from many of them in that perspective. Like, none of them really said, like, Hey, you know what? Yeah, we did have a church meeting about this. I've heard from other churches where they've had meetings about that with their pastors. But yeah, I really do hope. I mean, if if nothing else comes from this, then just that everyone is able to check their heart a little bit about why they buy things and the heart behind sure. or or the optics behind what you wear and why you're wearing things, whether it be to get clout or to get likes on Instagram or to get to make other people feel yeah. jealous. Um, I hope that we're all examining that constantly. I mean, that's something that I've had to check too, like I mean, social media in general kind of breeds that basically, hey, look at me. I'm doing this thing. Don't you wish you were doing what I was doing? And I've had to check some of that myself. So I hope hope that's encouraged those conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that it has been. And I I think that this podcast is actually a great avenue for these conversations to continue Um, and for people to, to maybe understand the heart and intention a little better. Um, I, I do think there is a responsibility on church leaders to tell the story of Jesus, not yeah. tell the story of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, the times that I have wanted to dress cool and, and, and associate, I think there, there comes a point where it's like, okay, I think that you're wanting to be associated with affluence. Um, whether you could afford $5,000 shoes or not, if someone gives you $5,000 shoes and you're wearing them out in public, people think you have $5,000 shoe money. Right. You know, and people with five thousand dollars shoe money could solve a lot of people's problems if they didn't spend it on five thousand dollars shoes. Yeah, right? facts. That's the that's the optics. You know, and so let's say that you did get it as a gift. I think you have to be cautious and aware of the unintentional hurt that you could be causing, and um, to silence those voices and say I can do whatever I want is not to be like that's not listening. Right. You know, that's not that's not being humble. That's going, I've made my decision and my decision is right and you can just get over it. And it's like, okay, well, maybe like maybe this is a conversation that needs to happen. Yeah. Um and and I I, I respect that you you started it unintentionally even. 
but I respect that you stuck with it. And I, I think it's something that, you know, clearly is something that has struck a chord with a lot of people who, who want accountability, who want to know. Yeah. Jaron, that, that's a great word, man. So, uh, my, and I agree with everything that you said, and I, I think you articulated it really well. Uh, my wife's going to murder me if, if we keep talking for three minutes okay. longer. Yeah. That's okay. So, no worries. Um, b- before you go, I have one question to ask you. Two questions, actually. One, uh, sure. maybe you said it earlier. What's the favorite pair of sneakers that you've ever owned in your whole life? Um, yeah, so it's in, uh, I, I think it's pronounced Avia, Avia, A-V-I-A. Uh, it's the Walmart brand. Um, oh, it's those gray ones. Are, I do know what you're talking about. Dude, now. yeah, 100%. Dude, look at my pictures. You'll see me in, you'll see me in them a lot. They are <laughs> so awesome. comfortable. Yeah, fifteen dollars, uh, man. With and eleven with a coupon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, also, last question before you go: How can people connect with you online, on social media, all that? What do you got going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do live shows. Um, so definitely book me to bring me to your church or uh, to your city or look out for when I'm coming there. Uh, all that information is on my website, jaronmyers.com, J-A-R-O-N-M-Y-E-R-S, um, at Jaron Myers on everything, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We're launching a lot of new YouTube stuff this fall. Um, so we've been creating content all summer that's going to go out uh, this fall that I'm really excited about. And I do have uh, podcasts. So definitely check out They Don't Bite. I think we're having some transformative conversations over there. Um, the getting a perspective from people who didn't grow up in church and people who are outside of that inside lingo um, that are offering a perspective that's absolutely 100% changed my life. So check out They Don't Bite and uh, and I'll you know, also my email is Jaron at JaronMyers.com. So if you hated anything that we talked about, or you've something I've said has struck a chord and you want to connect with me, um, send that to me and, uh, my assistant will get back. I'm kidding. everybody. So yeah, dude, with my AirPods. Yeah. Jaron, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I think you're incredibly hilarious. Dude, thanks man. Uh, to everybody oh, out fine. there, make sure that you follow him on all the social meds, subscribe to him on YouTube, Subscribe to his podcast. He's out here hustling, doing it all himself. Although you have a manager now, right? I did just sign with a team. It's very awesome. I'm really excited. That is big time. And, so, uh, yeah. Jaron, again, thanks for the time. This won't be the last time we talk. Yeah, dude. And uh, I hope, not. hope you have a good 4th of July. And let's talk soon, buddy. You too, dude. I'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.